It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the sale quarter-final game in Manchester at the weekend. This course is in association with Murty Rabbits, the home of the Connacht clan. We're sitting in the back garden because once again the sun is shining. I've got William Davis and Lindley McKenzie. Hi, William. Oh, good afternoon, Alan. And Lindley. Afternoon. And you guys have just come back from the sports ground. Who was up there today, William? Uh, Andy Friend and Paul Boyle. So let's have a listen to what they had to tell us. And it's a big game, Friday. It's quarterfinals, knockout rugby. It's just a different feel to it. Yeah, it is a big game. It's um, uh, Sale, we've played them twice already, so a third meeting against them. Uh, they've been tough in both games. We managed to get the win in the last one. They got the win in the first one, so uh, we're even on an even keel there going into this one. But, yeah, for us, it's quarterfinal football. It's where we want it to be. Um, great opportunity for us, and we're pretty excited. Looking at it with where you are in the Pro 14, is this a game that you go equally hard at or do you have to, at this stage, decide one is more important than the other? Listen, we, we, we are fighting on both fronts here at the moment, but one of the things we're really conscious of, we do need to continue to rotate and, and, and move that squad around because you just can't keep uh, putting out the same team week in, week out. So uh, we have that in mind as we go into selection for this week. Um, Pro 14 is really important to us as well, uh, but you know, as I said, we, we want to fight on both fronts and we'll pick a team that we think can win. And are you confident that the players you rotate in are, are, are ready to go? Is the whole squad sort of, you've been doing that all season, so is this just a, a similar pattern? Yeah, I, listen, I'm, I'm really pleased with the way, uh, the, the opportunities that the players have taken and the way that people have stepped up when we've given those opportunities. So this is another weekend for that potentially. Um, uh, yeah, and, and we haven't been let down this year. We've uh, we've we've given opportunities, and 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 fellas have taken their opportunity and done really well with that. So it just keeps the whole squad engaged too, which I think I think is really important. We said from the outset, it's this is a full squad season, um, and we've we've virtually used every player this year. Uh, so you know, it comes with a touch of risk, but at the same time, it come, comes with a, a touch of optimism and and uh, an opportunity for people, and I, I know they're not, not going to let us down. Bundyaki and Quinn Roo were the two, maybe the most obvious misses from the game against Benetton. Are they back in the team, or are they back in ready for selection at least? Both, uh, both are back. Um, we're, just, we're just monitoring uh, Quinn at this point in time. He's, he's, uh, he's probably more unlikely than likely, unfortunately, but uh, Bundy certainly looks good and is ready to go. And Tynan O'Halloran took a bit of a bang against Benetton and possibly uh, Gerard Butler. So what's their situation? Yeah, both both are available if we want to use them. Um, but yeah, you're correct, they did take bangs. But uh, there's a lot of sore bodies after that Benetton game. That was a really physical affair. Um, so we, again, we need to be conscious of that. Um, uh, and we'll make a decision later on in the week on that one. And finally, what, what's the key to, to beating Sale? You've had two, well, the, the game in Sale got away a bit from Connick, but the game here was very tight. What, what are you expecting them to bring, or is it, are they very predictable? They're very physical. They are physical. Um, you know, we saw that in both games that we played, and you watch their game on the weekend against Newcastle. You know, they, they, it started very well for them, and it, it uh, probably faded away a touch for them. But uh, for us, discipline's a really important one. In the first game, we... We didn't have good discipline and we, we got hurt with that. In the second game, uh, we won the penalty count on that one and, and we ended up winning the game. Um, but th- uh, listen, our game's a, a different game than it was 
when we played them last on the, on the last two occasions. So we got to similar. We got to continue to focus on what we're doing well defensively. I thought our defensive effort against Benetton was outstanding. So. Uh, we've got to bring that again on Friday night and from an attacking point of view we've got to continue to ask the questions we've been asking and, and take the opportunities that, that present themselves Might they be surprised by how much Connacht have improved since they've played them? Uh, I'd like to think so Yeah, listen, we are I, I certainly am I, I'm really surprised not surprised I'm really pleased and proud of the way that the team's building and growing You know, probably kicked off with that Ospreys performance uh, but you know, to, to back it up with the with the Benetton performance, as well as having the group away in, in Boston and getting two good wins over there, there's a there's a good buzz around the group at the moment. Uh, a lot of confidence around the group, and um, looking forward to seeing that on Friday night again. Paul's knockout rugby back on the agenda for Connacht. Uh, you've just had a big training session, so how, what's the general feeling about Friday night in Manchester? Yeah, we're in a good place at the moment. We're we're off the back of a couple of good wins, and. Uh, I suppose we're taking each game as it comes and Sailors is obviously the next game so we're really looking forward to it on Friday. It's a bit odd, you've played them twice in the group stage and you're playing them now for the third time so that sort of uh, sets it up slightly different, gives a slightly different feel to it. Yeah, well in the first game they kind of got a couple of scores in around the, the 50 minute mark to kind of settle it for them um, and they ran out comfortable enough winners in the end. We weren't happy with our discipline that day. Um, then the second game we had to win it and, and we ground it out and we're hoping now Friday night again we have to win so hopefully we can grind it out again. Andy's talked about the, the squad rotation and I suppose players just have to put up with that but everybody must be itching to play in this and at this time of the season when there's just so much every, all these games are so crucial Yeah, it gets very competitive uh, at, this, at this age of, this end of the season um, training out there is, um, is ultra competitive there's um, lads really fighting for spots so with rotation it's not just for the sake of it it is because lads have earned it out in the training field and hopefully um, you'll see that on Friday night these English sides, they have, a, they have a good record over Connacht, particularly over there. They, they, they bring a real physicality. But Connacht have improved as a team since you last played Sale, and particularly from where you were in October. So do you think you might be able to surprise them a little bit there? Uh, yeah, well, 100%. We're got, we have a major focus on physicality, not, not just this week, but every week. So hopefully if, if we bring the physicality we aim to bring, that will surprise them and, and we'll get gains on that. And are you looking forward to playing or do you know yet? I'm looking forward to playing. We would like to thank the Connacht Rugby Supporters Club, the Connacht Clan, for supporting the podcast. For the most detailed and informative travel news for away matches, check out connachtclan.com. Membership is only €10 and includes a member's gift, exclusive merchandise and much more. Go to connachtclan.com and follow Connacht Clan on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook for all your supporting needs. Lindley, that was a great win at the weekend and Jack Carty came on and made a huge difference at the end but the player for me that I when I was watching the game I wasn't sure if he was playing that well but I looked back at it was Owen McKeown had a massive quietly massive game getting himself into positions where he was uh, annoying the opposition and putting him to great support lines and whatever and he was excellent was there anyone else for you that stood out? I think as a collective I think I was most impressed with the I suppose the fortitude and the mental stamina of of that team to go through what was essentially a really bruising encounter and they just didn't relent did they and I think I think that was the, the thing that I was most impressed about that they they could have quite easily their defense particularly 
was outstanding. They could have quite easily caved in at one stage, you know, but they didn't. And I was I was very impressed with the collective them collectively as a unit. Um, you talk about Owen McEwen. I think you know since he's come back from his injury. He's had a fantastic, you know, season. He's now one of the, you know, the leaders on the field, the more established players, and he really is sort of blossoming, you know, there. And then when you talk about Jack Carty, well, look, you know, what can you say about Jack who just comes on the pitch, takes control and, and, and delivers? And, you know, that that's a reward for, you know, all the the, the seasons that he's played in Connacht. It's, it's certainly a reward for, for the faith that people like Andy Friend have have and you know and others have put in Jack and developed developed him his confidence and certainly you know we're reaping the rewards here which is great it certainly is William I remember in the commentary listening when they scored their second try and you were going oh we're in big trouble here and I was thinking god if we only had an out half on the field again not to denigrate Kyle Godwin but he, he, he can't control the game as he's still learning the position and Jack came on and just took control um and, and you know I was talking to a friend of mine a Munster fan who was very impressed with how Connacht kicked on and got their bonus point yeah they, they did well there uh, I think Benetton did drop off a bit I think they they got a bit downhearted they, they, they stayed on the Connacht line and they were they were pushed out and Connacht just re-established control sometimes in a game things can flick over very quickly and once they got that done Connacht they had to get the bonus point and they got it done uh, and I suppose that's one they'll put in the locker. But at this time of the season, that game's history now. It's gone. Uh, it's five points. And Friday night's a different challenge, really. It's a it's knockout game. Uh, statistics would tell you they can't have a very little chance in this match. Um, they have never won a quarter final in uh, England. They've won, they haven't won a game in England in 10 years, 11 years. But when they beat Worcester and I think Sale take this competition pretty seriously they've won it twice they they're a funny side they're not a very exciting side they just get the job done um, they lost last weekend I watched all of that game they certainly they're, the minutes that their players have racked up are huge they have a very very small squad yeah yeah. I was looking at it. I went to look through the minutes actually before we do that I just want to quickly get your um, roundup of last weekend so we can shut the door on the Pro 14 and leave that, that closed and we'll come back and, and continue this conversation about um, sale and player minutes. Seven games were down for decision in the Pro 14 last weekend, starting with three matches on Friday night. Cardiff Blues 41, Scarlets 17. Connacht 29, Benetton 14, Edinburgh 28, Leinster 11. And then on Saturday, Ospreys 29, Dragons 20, Ulster 33, Southern Kings 19, Glasgow Warriors 35, Cheetahs 17, Munster 31, Zebra 12. Now let's have a look at the tables. All sides have now played 18 matches and have three remaining. In Conference A, the Warriors with 13 wins and five losses lead on 66 points. Munster are in second with the same record, but uh, three less bonus points on 63 points. Connacht, 10 and 8 on 52. Cardiff, 10 and 8 on 52. Connacht in third because they have a slightly better points difference, plus six 
They have 86 ahead with Cardiff on 80. The Ospreys are in fifth place with a 9 and 9 record on 44. The Cheetahs in sixth with six wins, one draw, 11 losses on 36. And Zebre, who haven't won a game for a considerable period of time, with a record of three wins, 15 losses on 18 points. Obviously, the Cardiff win against the Scarlets got them five points to match what Connacht did against Benetton. And that's why it really now looks like it's between Connacht and Cardiff for the third place and the automatic qualification for the Champions Cup, along with a playoff place in the Pro 14 season-ending playoffs. In Conference B, Leinster lost their third game of the season to go to a 15-3 record on 72 points. Ulster, 11 wins, 2 draws, 5 losses, now second on 54. Benetton Treviso, losing to Connacht, their first loss of 2019. 10 wins, 1 draw, 7 losses on 50. Edinburgh have gone to a 9-9 nine and nine record on 47 points. The Scarlets are 9-9 nine and nine on 45. The Southern Kings are 1-2, lost 16, but they've 12 bonus points, so they've got 20 points. And the Dragons, although they've won four games and lost 14 with only three bonus points, they are now in seventh place on 19. And we'll preview the next round of Pro 14 games in the Midweek Podcast next week. Okay, that's good stuff, William. Now, let's go back and talk about these player minutes. I did a quick check. Um, The Connacht player who's played the most minutes is Jared Butler with 1,397 minutes. There are nine or ten sale players who've got more than that. And one of them, Sam James, has played 1,875 minutes of rugby. That's a huge amount of rugby when there's still so much of the season left to play. Yeah, I thought it was very noticeable on, on Saturday against Newcastle. Sale went 10-0 up. And then you could almost see them getting tired. Yeah. It was a physical game. Uh, Newcastle are fighting for their lives. That was their third win in a row. They're still on the bottom. They're really only on the bottom because Worcester somehow managed to beat Bristol in Bristol. Uh, they have had a player cited for biting, um, which is quite serious uh, offence. We'll see how that works out. But Sale just seemed to lose a little bit of uh, momentum in that game through tiredness. Errors crept in. And it's hard to know when you look at those figures. They were also missing Chris Ashton. Uh, James O'Connor went off. Uh, Danny Solomono went off. I think McGuigan went off as well. Now, whether they're being, they, they could all bounce back. They seem to come back very quickly from injuries. Uh, there's no sign of Adge McGinty, um, which is disappointing for Connacht fans. So it's going to be a really interesting tussle. Uh, it's a good prize for both sides. If, if Sale win, they get a home semi. And if, uh, as far as I can figure out, and if Connacht win, we would get a home semi. Um, well, no. we'd only get a home semi if Bristol beat La Rochelle. <laughs> Who've lost four, La Rochelle have just lost four games in a row, uh, having been. So <laughs> the trouble is, you could drive yourself bananas looking at these options. The, the basic thing is go and win and then see what happens. Um, as I say, the stats are against them. Uh, Connacht seem to struggle against these English sides. These, I mean, Sailor, Sailor are a very normal English side. They're quite big, they're quite physical, they have a couple of really good players, and they have a lot of very decent players. Yeah. They're well coached. 
Uh, it's one each between them. It's unusual. Three of the four quarterfinals in this competition are between sides who played each other in the group stages, which is an odd anomaly. Yeah. So it's it's the best of three. And I think, judging by what Andy Friend said today, we are going to rotate some players. He's he's aware of the pressure that's on him with Pro 14 uh, games to come. But next Friday night, is, is it's a one-off game. And you just have to see how it works out at the end. Uh I'd love to say I see Connacht doing it, but I'm, I'm I'm struggling a little bit to just see how they can put enough together to get this win. Yeah, I've just just looked back. We've played eleven games against English clubs in either a quarter final, a semi final, or a qualifier. We've only ever won one, and that was at home here to Harlequins, all the way back in two thousand and four. And we've lost every other game since. But on the flip side, I've looked over the last five seasons. Two of the away quarter finalists have won in each of the last five seasons in the in the Challenge Cup. So a home, home quarter-final doesn't guarantee, the way it used to, a home win. Your thoughts on that, Lindley? My thoughts on that are, uh, we'll wait and see <laughs> come, Friday, come Friday night. <laughs> Look, it, I think it's, this is going to be an extremely, extremely challenging match on a Friday night in sale. And I think um, Andy Friend has indicated that he will be changing the team as he is, has always done. Now, you know, he did say a month or so ago that we were coming to the business end and he was going to settle on his, you know, top 20, 25 players. However, I did ask him that and he said it's just not possible. If it's not possible, if Connett have what he is is hoping could be another eight games left this season and that's what he's that's what he's looking towards he's looking towards um not exiting you know on on friday night and i think look he also said that he he was going to put changing the team around is is also looking at rewarding players who deserve some rewards um and it is a it is a challenge cup competition and you know it is a once-off um, it's the bread and butter is the Pro 14, and you know w- I think Connacht really have to, having got so far and and to put themselves into position in the Pro 14, they really do. This is the competition where they 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 really do have to concentrate. This is a once-off, and I could see quite a few players coming in who who do you know can produce because he he's not going to put players out who he doesn't have faith in to produce so he has developed the squad all season um he's confident that they can do a job and yes you know there will be a few changes okay thanks lindley now here's william with what matches are being played in both the challenge cup and the champions cup this weekend We'll start with the Challenge Cup fixtures and they start on Friday the 29th of March. Sale versus Connacht. That game kicking off at 7.45pm. On Saturday the 30th of March, second quarter final with an 8.15pm kickoff is Worcester Warriors versus Harlequins. And on Sunday the 31st of March, the two remaining quarterfinals in the Challenge Cup. 12.45 kickoff, La Rochelle versus Bristol. And 6 p.m. kickoff, ASM Claremont Avern versus Northampton Saints. Should Connacht overcome Sale, they will either be away to La Rochelle on the Easter weekend, or if Bristol win that quarter final, Bristol will be coming here on the Easter weekend.
In the European Champions Cup, three quarterfinals are down for decision on Saturday the 30th of March at 12.45, Edinburgh versus Munster. At 3.15, Saracens versus Glasgow Warriors. And at 5.45, Leinster versus Ulster. Those are all Irish kickoff times. The remaining quarterfinal is an all-French affair, and that kicks off at 3.15pm on Sunday, the 31st of March. That's Racing 92 versus Toulouse. So a lot of good rugby to be played. It's my favourite rugby weekend of the year, William, because there's so much to play for and there's so many games and it's... it's um, the, the whole thing of getting to a final has stopped you know teams haven't sort of tightened up at this stage they still play a lot of rugby so who do you think is going to win our game well I can tell you the last time Sale were in the uh, last eight and they played a home match in this tur- uh, tournament they've uh, they've lost twice to the eventual winners 25-19 to Montpellier in 2016 and 28-14 to Northampton in 2014 which suggests that if Connacht can win on Friday night they might go on and win this um, look I, I'm going to have to go with the stats and my gut feeling I'd love to say the Connacht will win this but I think it's a big ask but I think that the key is staying they, they nearly did it in October and they didn't, you know, they did hang on for like grim death at the start, but then they took the right off the ball and they were well beaten in the end. They beat Sale here, tight game. Sale had a chance to win that right at the end. Calling this, I'd, I'd have to say the home team. Okay, that's not very, not very positive from William Lindley. Have you any more positive thoughts on it? Well, I guess if you look at where Sale is sitting in the um, English Premiership. They look like they're pretty comfortable in terms of their qualification for next season for Champions Cup rugby. So there is a possibility that they could, you know, maybe not go into this game necessarily, you know, with the same determined attitude that they don't they can they don't have to worry about Champions Cup rugby. The other thing about it of course is that there is this is a it's it's a route to a trophy and Sale kind of tend to like their trophies, don't they? For Connett, look I think it's a huge, huge opportunity, not just for Connacht to put on a performance with some, maybe some of the, the players who haven't seen a lot of action um, this season to produce, but also to prepare themselves for what could possibly be a very long season, hopefully be a, um, a longer season than originally thought. I think Connacht are well able to win this. Um, it will be difficult given the home crowd and the sale. But as we've also mentioned that sale players have played a lot of minutes, so there could be a few tired bodies. I'm going to keep my options open on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sitting on the fence. Yeah, well, look, look you know, you'd, you'd, have to go, you'd have to go with the home side because that's, yeah. that's what you do do. Um, but... Um, if you take everything into consideration and hopefully the team that Andy Friend is going to select has sufficient leaders on the pitch, which I'm sure it will, to, and he has the options to make changes when, when necessary in the second half if things aren't quite going their way. I think Connett will struggle, but I still think I would like to see them take another step up from the performances that they've produced over the last two weeks. Well, interesting. The other thing I looked at was I checked the, the sale pack for the two games they played against us and then the sale pack from last week I think there's only been two changes <laughs> this pack has played so much rugby together they know each other inside out 
but the flip side of that is you know when you play that many minutes you're more prone to injury you know you're more closer and closer to getting injuries as happened to James O'Connor because he'd played a reasonable amount of rugby and got got a knock and was was taken off last week so you know there's there's um we might just be able to outlast them okay so live coverage will be on Galway Bay FM the kickoff is 7:45 yeah Rob Murphy and yourself William Davis don't forget to get your coverage i know there's a lot of kind of clan members heading across there's a huge huge number compared to what there was there the last time so hopefully we'll, we'll, um, we'll have a lot of people to talk to um, before and after the game as well if we get the chance thanks everyone loose cut it loose break out or nothing changes sad and confused don't wait until